Welcome to the 45th episode of the Red Sox Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Green. Very thrilled to be performing this episode with you guys because guess what? When you're listening to it, baseball, Red Sox, regular season baseball should be about to happen or will have already happened. So this is super exciting. Uh, As we're recording on Tuesday night, we are two days, two nights away from when the Red Sox will actually have baseball and we will have meaning injected back into our lives. Joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Dave Latham. Dave. How is it going, everyone? We did it. We survived spring training. That's officially over by the time we recorded, and we're going to have real, actual baseball that matters. Yes, we have We have, we have trudged our way through the offseason, and it's it's been a fun. We've gotten some great interviews with a lot of Red Sox beat writers. We've, we've talked a lot of nonsense, but... Yeah, as you said, we're going to be start talking actual stuff that's happening and not, you know, again, Craig Kimbrell for 70 times and Bryce Brent's prospect potential. We will actually <laughs> diversify it. Uh, but yes, also in the house today is Chris Drozine, our other co-host and producer. And he's got, what, a pop filter, so he probably sounds even smoother than usual. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I don't sound like I'm in a tin can anymore. It's great. <laughs> and hopefully I don't have to, like, work around. Cast is... Yeah, we're getting smooth. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get. We're I don't want to get stuck with this uh, whole editing thing, and I have to sit here and try to filter out noise. So yeah, so this is a <laughs> peek really behind the scenes for everybody. I think for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, a peek behind the scenes of how this actually gets produced. See, I just have headphones, so I just talk, go away, and you know, a day or two later, the podcast goes up. To me, it's easy. Oh, yeah. I mean, like back in the day, in the beginning of this podcast, I had to do what Chris was doing, and I got to tell you, it, it's hell sometimes. Like, it, yeah. it, it is, and then the thing is, like, he's actually a good editor, so he has to actually go in and listen to the entire thing and make sure everything's polished and clean. When I did it, I was just like, I, I took about 10 seconds, and I was like, I guess it's good enough. So we have improved a lot. And it sounded like crap. crap. <laughs> it sounded so bad. I have yet to go back to listen to one of those, because I, I, I just, I, I don't want to. You should, yeah, like, listen up. You should even listen to the ones before. Like, I did three before Dave even, like, came on the show and I had someone. It was just me talking into my laptop, no microphone, just, like, the, the internal recorder on my, my uh, iBook Pro. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was you're bad. Just like, you're just, We've like, monologuing. Just monologuing over there. Exactly. And, it, I, I, like, I couldn't be funny with myself. It was just weird. I felt weird. But once Dave came on, like, a new era was born, and then we just kind of, you know, grew into the into this great team that we have today so thank you guys for serving us this off season and i think like chris you joined this podcast consistently like towards the end of the season or was it i literally i think i joined like the first podcast after the it was like in the middle of the world series i think okay so now you're here and you're gonna actually you know be able to join this ride with us when we're actually having baseball to talk about so i promise you I know you've never had known a Red Sox Unfiltered podcast where we don't talk crap for 30 minutes, but <laughs> we're going to stop talking crap for 30 minutes. I mean, I'm, g- I'm good with talking about J.D. Martinez riding elephants and stuff like that. Um, and honestly, I think that's, I, I feel like that, that's that's uh, one of your best traits. Yeah, to be exactly. That's you're you're that, good at that. That's yeah. what I'm here for. So don't lose that. Don't lose that wonder, please. Oh, I'll, lose I'll lose it. Of wonder. It's gone now. But I, yeah, I turned yeah. off off-season Chris. This is, this is in-season Chris now. Obviously, we're professionals now. <laughs> Before we were goofballs, this is professional Dave, Patrick, and Chris. Season so. one was just a trial thing. Where, <laughs> where 
We're going for real this time. Yeah, season two is for real. So get buckle and get ready. But before we actually talk about real season baseball, um, we are having a special episode today, and it will be an embedding episode. So what that will entail is Chris has devised a series of questions that we will all bet on and talk about extensively, all relating to predictions for the 2019 Red Sox season. And we may put money on this. Did, did we discuss that? Is that actually coming to fruition? Um, or, or no? Like, uh, maybe bets? not real money. Like but like Monopoly money. money. Okay. Yeah. All right. I have, I, I've I, got, I've got, I have uh, some money, Monopoly money spare. I've got those chocolate uh, gold coins ready to go. <laughs> well, uh, what what is the exchange rate for Monopoly money? I don't know. Whatever it is from yen to dollars. How much does how much does <laughs> okay. paper how much pa- does paper cost? Uh, oh, that's a very good question. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I, I depend. Whoever gets the most right has to buy, um, or the other two have to buy the winner a Monopoly board. Okay, like a like a baseball themed one. They have those. Probably, Wait, they, yeah. They have to, like, the, win, the winner has to buy the two losers? Of the, no, 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 the losers have to buy the winner. Oh, so they go half on half. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can get behind that. All right. Um, but yeah, before we get to that content, we're going to talk, talk about some stuff that has happened since we last recorded, which was last week. Uh, I think it was Monday? No, some, some, something, some, something like that. It was like Wednesday. Like Wednesday. Or it dropped on Wednesday. I don't know if we actually recorded on Wednesday. So... Without further ado, last week we also had kind of a prediction, so it was just like we were throwing some hot takes in the water and seeing how that pot stirred. Um, one of the hot takes we had that Chris was that Chris Sale was not going to make this was twenty nineteen was going to be his last <laughs> season as a Whoops. Red Sox. All right, we're we're already off to a great uh, start here. We're off to a great start, but Chris Sale obviously will be in a Boston Red Sox uniform for the foreseeable future. He obviously agreed to a five-year, $150 million contract extension with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, so he's, he's, uh, he's going to be in a Boston jersey for a while, and it's, it's a lot of money. And I think there are questions about his durability, which are fair. I, and not just his dur- durability specifically, but pitchers in general. Um, I think pitchers obviously come with a lot bigger health risk uh, than position players, and he is not the youngest. I think he turns 30 on... May and March, late March. So, I mean, he might turn 30 like today or tomorrow. But um, Chris Sale obviously is still one of the elite game, elite pitchers in the game. Perhaps he, I mean, like he profiles as one of the top five pitchers for the next two, three, four years. So, I mean, like in terms of did he deserve this contract? Yes. Situationally for with the Red Sox potential financial constraints, was it wise and feasible? That's a different question. So I was, yeah, we talked about this extensively, but I, I'm I'm kind of mutual on the subject. I, it's kind of wait and see for me. I think he deserved the money. I still think he'll he'll perform well in the future. Uh, what were your, your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, so my thoughts are basically the same as they were when we recorded the last podcast. He he's a great pitcher. He's still got some some uh, left in his tank, but he hasn't really ever pitched well late into the season before. He started wearing down last year, and I don't expect a guy who's built like a twig to last to pit, to develop well when he gets over thirty. And this probably means the end of Xander Bogarts because the way I look at it is: you have Chris Sale, you have Xander Bogarts, you have Mookie Betts, and you have J.D. Martinez. Pick three to keep, 
And you can't let Mookie or JD go anywhere, so see you, Xander. And I'd rather have Xander than say a long term. Yeah. Like, if, if it was definitely in that absolute one or the other you had to pick, I think most people would go for the shortstop who's 25 in Xander Bogart. Um, we obviously don't know if it's going to work like that, but it does seem like it, it would correlate because both, I mean, obviously, 150 million contract and Bogarts will get a contract similar to that, uh, likely. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it doesn't come down to one or the other and the Red Sox will be able to re-sign both, but they're, they are strapped with cash and I think Dave Dombrowski has recognized the fact that they're not going to be able to re-sign everybody. So, it seems like Bogarts could be a casualty in this. And, and, and if if so, if you had to pick Sale or Bogarts and they went Sale over Bogarts, I don't agree with it. But Sale, in isolation, the signing, I don't have a problem with. Uh, what about you, Chris? I'm the same way. I, I love I love Chris Sale. He's he's great. He's a psychopath, which you love psychopaths all the time. Uh, but the money I do feel... I, I love psychopaths. They're great. In um, baseball, I do. <laughs> uh, psychopaths make the world fun. I don't know if you know this, but they, they make the world fun. You you may you watch the Ted Bundy tapes. I did not. I, it's on my list, but uh, uh, that that probably would be up your alley. Yeah, it might be because they they I I uh, I really want to know like what happens inside the mind of a psychopath. But that's eyes uh, on the prize, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're gonna get me off on this whole thing about psychopaths, guys. Um, no, but see, Chris... we're gonna talk about crap. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, so Chris Sale, he uh, great, great pitcher. Um, I, I love him when he's healthy. Um, but I, I, I'm in the same camp as, hey, it's the Red Sox. If this money stops them from being able to sign one of the other guys, I would rather have seen them use it for someone else. Um, basically, you're spending $67 million on two starters. Um and I kind of did the math, and if you if you really if you if you really think twenty five million say is the average between Xander, Chris Sale, JD Martinez, Mookie Betts, uh, I think I did Andrew Benintendi in my head too. I can't remember exactly what I did, but it was like one hundred and fifty million dollars for like six players or something like that. And I was kind of like, all right, well, that's not a. They're costing more than twenty five million dollars on average, probably, um, and B. I just think. I, I I don't see the like like you said I don't see the Red Sox signing all of them, um, just because money doesn't make sense to spend uh, like 150 million dollars on like five players like you just can't do that. Yeah, and I mean I think you raised a good point like six players having oh, 150 million. Is D- David Price is one of the guys that I added into that list. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean like that's I think that's a good point and like i feel like that kind of contextualizes it and puts it in the framework of okay you know the luxury tax is what like 200 ish million and you're saying you're we got 150 million dispersed to potentially six guys in the next few years and then it's like well where's your financial wiggle room to build out and carve out a, a good team for the rest of the 19 spots yeah that that, uh, that you seem ham you seem hamstrung there um but yes so that happened that was earlier in the week. I think most people have gotten that out of their system. But this is fresh, this news, and this is raw. And I think we're all reeling from this. But there is solace. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Sandy Leon was put on waivers on Sunday, right after the on the heels of the Rob Kowski retirement news. Didn't get the attention it deserved. But then 
Sandy Leone was brought back to us because he cleared waivers. No one claimed him. I can't believe no one claimed him. Anyway, uh, I mean, I can, but uh, anyway, uh, Sandy Leone cleared waivers, and now he will be back in Pawtucket safe and sound in, in the Red Sox farm system. So it's nice to have the contingency if, you know, Swihart or Vasquez don't do great uh, for whatever reason or someone gets hurt, that they have Sandy Leone, who's obviously a stalwart defensively. But yeah, guys, what were your thoughts that Leon was the odd man out and the ensuing uh, passing through waivers? Uh, Dave? So thank God we got him back because as everybody knows, Sandy Leon is the greatest baseball player in the history of the world. So the Red Sox still have a chance to repeat as long as Sandy remains in the organization. But in all seriousness, um, I think it was definitely the right call to let Sandy be the odd man out. I'm shocked that he made it through waivers, and even though we're not getting a salary off the books, he still counts towards the luxury tax, but I think it's great to have that kind of depth in Pawtucket where he's not taking up a spot on the 40-man, but like you said, if injury strikes one of the top two catchers, you still have an option to turn to a guy who has major league experience and has a great chemistry with the pitching staff. Yeah, for for sure, and and that's integral to why he was so popular with all the Red Sox pitchers, including Rick Porcello. So it's it's good to still have him in the organization. All right, so um, I actually the, the, I don't have much to say on this other than the Red Sox did the right thing. That's that's for for once they're actually going to handle Blake Swihart the right way. Um, that's that's give him a job. So that's where I'm at. I, I I yeah I'm I know a lot of people are really stoked because Blake Swihart should in theory get a chance that some people feel like he has missed out on since coming up the Red Sox rank, um, whether that be for injuries or malpractice on the Red Sox management end. Blake Swihart finally will get a chance to be a part to full-time catcher, and we will see what he has in the tank. He's done very well this spring training, offensively-wise, but um, as we caution the listeners every time, and as we should caution everybody, spring training is essentially useless. The Red Sox, the Red Sox bullpen also was announced uh, this week. There weren't many surprises. Darwin's and Hernandez did not make the roster. Bobby Pointer didn't make the roster. Marcus Walden, who, who was Dave's darling out of nowhere in the spring, don't did not make, do that to me. Okay, <laughs> did, did not make the roster. But Colton Brewer, who came over from the Padres. Uh, in the trade in the offseason, did make the roster. And I don't know if you remember on our Hot Takes episode before this was announced, I said Colton Brewer would be an integral part to the 2019 Red Sox bullpen. So oh, he did the first step, and he made it. I was going to say... He did have a great spring, also. I, I, I was going to say, him making it doesn't exactly mean he's an integral part of it. <laughs> I said it's a good first step. Yeah, That's no, all I'm saying. I, I was waiting he's to hear at, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That was a qualifier. There's an important qualifier. Uh, but yeah, were you guys have any thoughts on, on Colton Brewer making it or any of this Red Sox bullpen? I mean, I think, I think he's first up in the Red Sox uh, throwing a million darts at the wall and hoping one of them sticks. He's the first start out of Dombrowski's hand. If it hits the bullseye, great. If not, Travis Lincolns, come on down. Yep, yep. Uh, Travis Lincolns, yeah, that, that is a good point. Uh, what about, about you, Chris? I'm just going retweet on this one. RT. RT. The fifth, uh, yeah, and I, I think we also have to mention, as I mentioned a lot, Colton Brewer has awesome peripherals in the minors. 
So if those translate to the major, like they actually translate to run prevention and run suppression at the major league level, this guy has a good profile. So I'm excited about Colton Brewer to see what he can do, especially in a bullpen, Red Sox bullpen that is lacking of many exciting arms. So the only other news that we should go over, well, I guess we have two things. Um, Steve Pierce, it was announced, I think, two days ago that he will start the season on the IL, the injured list. Um, he has a calf issue. He should be ready to go soon. But in his stead, Sam Travis, spring training darling Sam Travis, gets the call up and will be on the opening day roster for the 2019 Red Sox. He's not expected to get much playing time, but they needed depth because they only have three uh, position players on the bench right now. Uh, he's him, him, Blake Swihart, and Eduardo Nunez. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on Steve Pierce going down for a little bit and Sammy T getting that big call up? Um, yeah, RIP Steve Pierce. It obviously hurts the team to not have him in the lineup, especially since Seattle is he- sending out a real lefty-heavy guy. Um but obviously Sam Travis gets the call-up. In a perfect world, he won't see the field because he's not very good at baseball. So hopefully Moreland can just hold down the fort for the road trip and Pierce can be ready for opening day in Fenway. Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree with that because uh, it, it sucks because I think Chris Cotillo was going to point this out. The Red Sox start off the season facing three lefties in the first four games in that Mariners series, and that would have been just dinger city for Steve Pierce. So it's a shame that he's not, you know, active and, and ready to go because he would have had a very ideal platoon advantage playing in those games. Uh, what about you, Chris? Are you going to retweet or you got some thoughts? Uh, I am basically going to retweet. My only thought is that I'm, for some reason, I thought Sam Travis was older than 25, but that's that's my only thought. He's as, he's as old as Xander Bogarts. Yeah, he's a spring chicken. Unless Xander... Bogarts turned twenty six. Wasn't uh, his birthday recent? Bogarts is twenty year twenty six. He's twenty six. Yeah, this is his twenty six. Oh, he turned. Yeah, he turned twenty six in October. So wow. Sam Travis is a year younger, basically. Yeah, Sam Travis is a baby. Um, last thing before we start the fun bets that will obviously comprise the majority of this podcast and and, and be a lot of fun. Red Sox also set their rotation. Um, it, it will go Chris Sale, Nathan Avoldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, right? Uh, Rick Porcello, and then David Price due to an illness. Apparently he had the norovirus in spring. He will start that fifth game against the Oakland Athletics to begin that series. So that's how your rotation shakes out. Obviously David Price would be in the middle, probably third or second if he was not uh dealing with that illness and obviously rotation order really doesn't matter, but do you guys have any final thoughts on this? Yes. Yeah, so obviously sale gets the first day. Um, I find it interesting that Ovaldi's the guy that got the day two instead of Porcello. Obviously Porcello started more recently in spring training, but you can work around that if you want. Sort of goes to back up that the Red Sox do expect Ovaldi to sort of be the not number two guy because David Price, but be a, uh, really big part of the rotation and sort of carry over what he did last year into 2019, which I totally agree he's up to the task for. I'm I'm insanely high on Evaldi, and I think he's going to be fantastic this year, and I'm happy to see he's getting the number two spot with Price pushed back. Yeah, and I, I still think it's interesting that Rick Porcello's four, like after Eduardo Rodriguez. Probably like doing I, the lefty-righty-lefty. Lefty, yeah, and I, 
I mean, I guess there's, yeah, and, like, it, it doesn't work just like you're ordering your best pitchers or strategy to it. So I retract that statement. I get it. It's just, I don't know. I feel like uh, it depends how the, the what the Mariners line of composition is, too, which I honestly am not too attuned with. So I will I, I will stop making any more comments. Chris, any thoughts? Uh, no, because the order of a rotation is entirely pointless after the first go-through and until the playoffs. That's, uh, I qualified this this new segment with that very statement. I know, I and heard yeah. you, so technically it's a retweet. I, yeah, uh, it's a retweet. I was just making sure you heard, because I don't want this to be taken out of context, that I actually care about the rotation order. But yes, now that we've gone through everything in the Red Sox land, let's get to some bets. Let's do it. And I, I honestly, Chris, you have them all written down, so I, I, I think I'm just going to give you the reins on this. Take it by the mantle, man. I get the keys. Uh, uh, metaphorically, does, yes, does, you get the keys. Do we have? Leather, but you have to return do, them. Do we have leather seats in here? Them. Do we have leather seats in here? We yeah, have we no leather seats, and we have we have no heating. It stays oh, at, a, at a crisp sixty-five at all all times. So uh, basically, normally I, I run a uh, normally. If you listen to this on a weekly basis, I, I run rapid fire. Uh, this is not rapid fire, but this could still be. Actually, no, it, there's no ad for this because we can't be bought, as I always say. Um, so this is a betting thing. We just have a whole bunch of questions here. Um, and I'm going to actually type these down, and I'm going to keep them, and I'm going to remind people of how terrible their take was uh, halfway, <laughs> halfway through the year. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so accountability. Yeah, accountability here. That's what I'm all about. Uh, so the first one is the obvious one. What is the Red Sox win total this year? Uh, I, I'm going to go 96 wins. Patrick is going the number 96. Yeah, I was going to say, like, obviously that's a big drop down from 108, but 108 was always just, like, impossible to keep up if you run that many, many times. So, I mean, 96, I think we'll still get them close to the AL East berth, and I expect them to win the AL East, but it's just, it's a really tough crowd. So 96 seems, seems good. Okay, I was going to say 96 also, but, you know, you stole that, so I'm going to go 98 because I, going one up just seems boring. So let's say they lose ten feet, they lose ten more games than they did last year. Same reason where they're going to still be a great team, but to win 108 games, a lot of things need to go your way, and just due to natural regression, we're not going to be quite that good. Yep. Uh, Chris, are you writing your own down? Yeah. So for I mean, I'm going to say these out loud. I'm not just going to type my own down. That'd be that'd be terrible. Um, I'm going to say 99, uh, not to one up Dave, but I just feel like uh, that there's going to be. You know what? I'm going to go a clean 100. I'm going a clean 100. So I'm going to do. I'm going a clean 100. <laughs> one up was too boring. For yeah, you. one up's too boring one, for Dave. One up's too boring. This is Price is Right rules. So um, closest without going over wins. Um, but I, I think oh, 100, I about that. yeah, right. I think 100 is a good number. Uh, I mean, we have it, more teams have been winning 100 because more teams have been tanking. Um, so the Red Sox are not tanking. So I'm going with 100. Okay. All right. Moving on. Any more thoughts? No. Cool. I'm on to the next one. Who will get the <laughs> most saves? Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. Bro. Bro, that was an easy one. If you say Tyler Thornburg, Chris, I swear to God. Uh... <laughs> you're you're going to have your admin, admin privileges revoked. I'm going Tyler Thornburg, guys. Uh... Uh, that's... Wait, really? <laughs> yes, I Is am. Is this serious? This is serious. Uh... I'm, go- I'm oh, going that, with that's it. That's disgusting. 
Just I'm going give us it. your rationale. You know, uh, here's my, my counter-hot take. This is blind I think, hope. <laughs> I think it's more likely Tyler Thornburg Gets is not released. on the Red Sox yeah. in May. But yeah. that's more likely to me than him leading the team in saves. So that's exactly why I I'm going to pick him leading the league, the, the league. Yeah, no, the team in saves. That's why, that's why I'm going with that. It's so weird that it wow. might just work. No. That was unconventional. No. All right. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll find out halfway through the year, won't we? Um, I'd sooner if say if he's right. If he's right about this, though, we'll never hear the end of it. Nor yeah, right. Uh, yeah, like, I'll be like, I saw this one coming from a mile away, kid. Bryce Brents is more likely to have a thirty home run season. Yes, and I honestly don't think that's there up. is there is an alternate universe where both of those things happen. This ain't that um, universe. <laughs> You're in the wrong universe, buddy. So moving on from my terrible take, uh, what game will the team's first home run be in? Let's get first, the first game first of the year. Game, first both game. going first. You guys, you guys think too much alike. I'm going second game. <laughs> now, because you both picked the first game, who's hitting the first one? JD. You can't Mookie. pick JD, Pat. Mookie. Devers. Final answer. Locking in. Wait. I okay. want to be creative. All right. All right. I got you. All right. I will stick with Mookie. No. no, no, no. Oh, jeez. Here we go. JBJ. Uh, Say right. Sam Travis. <laughs> that would be that would be we'll more unlikely. That might be more unlikely than Tyler Thornburg. Uh, but leading that would the team be. in saves. Uh, all right, so that's a, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Who would you? Um, I said second. So I'm not picking yeah, but the first. I mean, still, I don't, I don't, it. Oh, you want me to pick who, who hits it? it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. I'm gonna go Andrew Benintendi. Ooh, any I biceps? like it. Is it because he was on the cover of that Boston? Esquire magazine? Is that what it was? You see that? You know we're all yeah, gonna he see looked them good. We're all yeah, gonna, he looked handsome. We're all gonna be wrong and it's gonna be like Brock Holt or something like that. That's that's the that's the <laughs> hilarious part of this. Um we're gonna know that question three we're gonna know like two days into the season. By the next podcast we will know who won that one. <laughs> if um, anybody. Yeah, there's if, a world yeah, where we if, just if, don't hit a homer in the first chance. two yeah. games. Yeah, there there is a real chance. Um so number five. How many innings will Chris Sale pitch? 170. Uh, I was going to say 170. I actually was. I'll go 180. You know what? I believe that Chris Sale is just rejuvenated because of this five-year contract. He's got motivation injected into his DNA. So he's going to be healthy this year, and he's going to go a full 180. Yeah, I'm going to go 120. I mean, you picked wow, Eduardo Rodriguez. No, he, he he picked Eduardo Rodriguez to pitch more innings than Chris Sale on last week's podcast, so he kind of has to go one twenty. Yeah, if I want to, no, if I if I want to be consistent here. <laughs> yeah, he did. You remember that? Chris is the Skip Bayless of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I am. That's what I'm here for. Uh, so yeah, I got I got to keep my takes consistent here. You know. Uh, so. Exactly. I'm glad that you. I was going to call you out if you said like one. Like, I, I was thinking in my head. I was like, like Eduardo Rodriguez going to get 200. You you said well. You said 180. Dave said 170. I'm thinking to myself, maybe I should say 200, and then just be like, no, Erod's going to get like 202. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So number. I what did I do here? Four. Did, you guys remember that thing where I messed up the numbering on the first one? Oh, yeah, the first ever I skipped. Fire, yeah. I skipped the question. What did I do that for? 
Only you can know the answer to this. I skipped, I skipped a question. All right, so number five. That was supposed to be number five. So this was actually number three. What guy in the minors will emerge as a significant contributor this year? Um, Durbin Feltman. Durbin Feltman. Dang it, Dave. I really should just, like, I, I, you know what I should do? I should really, like, snake draft this for you guys so you're not, like, you know. Insane. Boring. Yeah. That's what I really should do. That's what I'm going to start doing now. All right, Durbin Feltman for me, though, because I don't see any position player doing it, and I don't see uh, – I mean, I could see, like, Lankins or Pointer, but that's about it. You still stay in uh, Durbin Feltman over there? Yeah, yeah Felt- Feltman's the most Feltman. likely, but that that's boring. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it over to Lankins. Um, obviously, Feltman is the higher ceiling, but Lankins is the one who's closer to the pros. Uh, Feltman's yet to pitch in the double-A level, and Lincoln spent all last year between double-A and triple-A. I'm surprised he didn't make the roster to begin with because he had a pretty strong camp, but I think uh, if Brewer doesn't work out or the next injury that hits the bullpen, I think Lincoln's is going to be the first one getting the call. Also, don't sleep on Josh Taylor. I've become a really big Josh Taylor fan recently. Oh, I am in full hibernation mode with Josh Taylor. I, I say he's 26, his peripherals are right. He's basically Ryan Brazier. Give him a shot. Your Ryan Brazier slander just infuriates me. I mean, it's it's part of my charm. So I, I'm I'm not that great with the the whole minor league system. It is not my strong point. Uh, but just because we trashed him on this podcast, I'm going to say Sam Travis. I thought you were going to say Bryce Brents. I was like. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say Sam Travis just because just because we trashed him, and I feel like maybe the guy has something in there that like all of a sudden he just becomes really good at baseball. Oh, he doesn't. He I, doesn't. I don't think he does, but like <laughs> I don't really know the minor league system to go beyond Durbin Feltman and Travis Lakins, so I'm going Sam Travis. <laughs> Who, which one's worse, Dave? Me saying don't sleep on Josh Taylor, or Sam Travis being the significant minor league contr- 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 contributor? Uh, I'd say Sam Travis, because Josh Taylor, cool. you haven't seen it in the major, so he could develop into something. I've seen enough of Sam Travis to know exactly what he is. I'm, this, cool. is this is the podcast where everybody listening is like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, no. <laughs> Chris, you are a wealth of knowledge and information. You are very well spoken. So, uh, number six here. How many home runs will Mookie and JD hit combined? I'm going to go with Dave first. I'm going to say 74. I think both guys are going to cross the 30 plateau, and I think um, they'll end up around the same where they were last year. Uh, so, yeah, 74 sounds like a good number. I'm Even going... though... Oh, go uh, oh, I see what we're doing here. All right, Chris, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to take 71. Um, in honor of the recently retired Rob Minkowski, even though I'm a Jets fan, full disclosure, I don't want to lie to the people, um, I'm going to go with 69. Nice. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag nice. See, I thought you were going to go 87, and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> no, 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 Monster year I, from I, Mookie. Huh? I said a monster year from Mookie for the 87 there. Yeah, yeah, it would be like, yeah, Barry Bonds-esque year. Yeah, right. Uh, so, any, any final thoughts on uh, that? No? All right. Uh, no, no. Number seven. How many games will Dustin Pedroia participate in? Pat, you get to go first. 94. Dave. In honor of Rob Gronkowski, 87. <laughs> I'm going to go 
113. Whoa! Wow. Okay. I, look, I was playing conservative because I know we're doing Jeopardy rules, but I was thinking about going over 100. No, nah, I'm going over 100. I want to believe. I want to believe I, in this, this is the Red Sox fan in me saying, let's do this. So, Look, uh, I, I was see, a ballistic and the, Justin Bedroy fan. It's the, the Red day. Sox fan in me saying maybe he shouldn't. Like, even if he's fully healthy, we've seen Alex Cora manage a team to know that he's not going to put his guys, like, at any advanced risk of re-injury just for the sake of winning one game in a season with 190, uh, 162 games. So I, I expect Dustin Pedroia to, like, basically be a part-time player when he's on the field. I know Dombrowski in spring training said in a perfect world, Pedroia would play, like, 100 to 120 games. But he's already starting the year on the DL. It sounds like he'll be back sooner rather than later. But I think the goal is to have him and keep him on the team. And I, the best way to do that is to put him in a timeshare with Nunez and Holt and whoever else comes up to play second. Hey, Dave, I like what you just said. But uh, we got to be sensitive here. It's not DL, it's IL. Whatever oh, yeah, it is. Dave. Yeah, I'm Dave. never going to remember that. I just wanted to call you out on it. Because I'm a jerk. Never going to remember that. That's what I'm here Language for. Man. Yeah, exactly. Thank um, you, Chris. Even though he was the one who was criticizing it before the episode. I wasn't criticizing it, man. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who on the 40-man roster will be gone by the end of the year via trade or DFA? Tyler Thornburg. Bro. Bro. You took mine because Tyler Thornburg's my honest answer. I think it's gone. You talked too fast, think... guys. That's, that's make me sad. Okay, so yeah, both so of you are picking Tyler Thornburg. No, no, I'll, I'll go with a different one. I just wanted to do it for the for the giggles. All right, well, you go, Chris, and I'll, and I'll think of mine. Uh, I had to think of mine too. So Dave, you get to go first. <laughs> oh, he said Tyler um, Thornburg. Oh, you want to go Tyler Thornburg, Dave? All right. Yeah, uh, I'm 100% serious. I don't think there's anything left in Thornburg's tank. I think it's gone. Yeah, honestly, no. I'm gonna go Tyler Thornburg. Like, there's no one I'm thinking about. Like, like, or I could be Stephen Wright too. You don't necessarily, I'll Stephen but, Wright. but you des- you don't I'll, you don't necessarily need to be uh, DFA'd or traded. Like, you could be whatever. Just. Yeah, but I don't see them giving up much. Uh, I mean, yeah, they could be. Like, I don't see like any of the minor league guys. Obviously, they're not threat to be DFA'd. Like the people I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm trying to look this intelligently, and I'm trying to think about who is potentially on the major league roster out of options, and if they are DFA'd, they will be not on the team. So that was my way of thinking about it. Um, I could see it being Sandy Leo. Maybe they do find a trade partner, but I'll go Stephen Wright because why is he still on the team? I feel you there. You know, I forgot that he was on the team. Exactly, me too. Well, he's he's on like the he's on an eighty game suspension. Yeah, Actually, he's suspended. No, so, so like he doesn't count for eighty games. You're talking eighty games from no, now. No, I'll go back happen. to Tyler Thornburg. Put, put, put me into Tyler Thornburg. Jesus, this that, is too I, much I, talking. That was my original answer. Talking, I would like I would like to point out. All right, too much typing there for me. Uh, I'm going. I'm looking at the forty uh, man roster right now. Um, and I'm going to say that I don't want to go that hot. I don't want to be that hot. I'm not feeling scorching tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say that Brian Johnson won't be around. Moving on. Uh, who will lead in innings between Sale, Ivaldi, Erod, Porcello, and Price? Uh, let's go. Let's go Dave first here. It's got to be Rick Porcello's certified innings eater. 
Um, he's never going to like post the best. Well, I shouldn't say he's never going to post the best numbers because he did that in 2016. But you know, he's fantastic at eating up innings. He'll do he'll do everything you need to give the chance to give the team a chance to win every single time he goes on the mound, and he's durable as all hell. So I'm going to take pretty Ricky. Not to piggyback on Dave, if if I am the one who's going here, which I'm already speaking, so I guess it's my turn. Uh, it's actually my turn. Rick Porcello. Uh, okay. Rick no, Porcello. no, no, go ahead. <laughs> Rick Porcello, obviously, uh, he's, what, he's done it for a couple of years now. He's always gets a 200 innings. He's virtually a lock, even if he has the highest ERA on the staff. Like, you can rely on this guy to be a grinder, and I think that's what comes in some form of an unheralded value with Rick Porcello. So give me Rick Porcello, give me 200-plus innings, give me him leading the team in innings. So because you guys picked the same person on He's this question. He's going with E-Rod. No, no. Don't say E-Rod. I'm not. Get out of here. No, I'm saying because you guys picked the same person, you have to, uh, you have to give me an innings pitched. Uh, oh, um, 210. 210 from Dave. 206. 206 from Patrick. Not 26. And that's what the disclaimer, he could go more if he had to, but I don't see Cora letting that happen. Yeah, Coralytics will will have squandered that. I am taking David Price. Ooh, I like that. Mm. Mm. I mean, like, Big I bounce feel back like year for DP. You think? Right. I mean, like, I think he had so. a pretty good year. I think it's... He had a really good year. Yeah, he had a really good year, but I mean, like, wasn't he hurt for part of it? I feel like he was hurt for part of it. Am I crazy? Am I thinking yeah, he had a one seventy six innings. though. I mean, he was he, he missed like tinkle, one or two tinkle starts, fingers. But yeah, he missed a couple it, of starts. Fingers, but, is that his nickname? I, I think this. Yeah, yeah Davy Tinglefingers. I can't call him that anymore. Tingle. Though. I can't call him that yeah. anymore though. He took that away from me. God, it, just remember twenty sixteen. That jerk for winning a World Series. I know that guy. Uh, twenty sixteen. He pitched two hundred thirty innings. Yeah, we're we're gonna get, we're gonna get retro David Price this year. Uh, and I'm going to be super excited about it. Um, so, moving on. Who will lead that very same group in ERA? Uh, saying Chris, Chris Sale, Sale is too easy. Oh. So, I, Chris Sale's my number one, but just for the sake of it, I'm going to throw in a number two, and my number two is going to be Nathan Avaldi. Uh I'm going to go Chris Sale, um, just because I, I think like th- there's no other person that can realistically be picked here. Chris Sale has had an ERA in the low twos, two fifty. I mean, like this guy is just the, one of the best pitchers on the planet. When he's out there, he's giving you, like on a rate basis, the best it, the best innings in baseball. It's just a matter of health at this point. So I, I don't think there's really any other answer. Would I, you? I won't recognize it. Who, who's your number two? Uh in terms of ERA, I would say my number two is Nasty Nate. Whoa. Yeah, I don't. I, you guys aren't making this fun, man. That's he's, got a, he's got a high ceiling. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, so you two are the same person, clearly. Um, I am going to pick Chris Sale, um, but but my number two, I'm going with Eduardo Rodriguez. I, I See, I don't that. hate that. I don't hate that because the ceiling with Eddie is just so freaking high and he's still young. He's been around forever. People forget. I think he's entering his age 26 season. Yeah, something so like he, that. he has a lot of room to grow and it's not like the clock's out on this guy, but 
at the same point, ever since Evaldi added the cutter to his repertoire, he's been an entirely different guy. So everyone's saying he's not going to be as good as he was in 2018. I think he can keep that up. Maybe not post postseason of all the levels, but I think he can be a guy who has a low e, low three ERA for an entire season. And I yeah, don't I mean, think Eddie's quite capable of doing that. Yeah, uh, I also, Eduardo Rodriguez is, turns 26 on April 7th, so yes, he is entering his age 26, but right now he's 25. Forget how young this guy is. Yeah, he made his major league debut when he was like 12. 20. <laughs> Literally 12. He was basically 12. Uh, so yeah. moving on here. Uh, this, this, there's going to be some fun ones in here, and this is going to be one of the fun ones. Uh, Love fun. What will be the first game where the Boston media questions an Alex Cora in-game decision? I'm gonna, game one. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first. Uh, no, get out of here, Dave. I'm going first. I'm gonna say game okay, five. Fine. I'm gonna say the fifth game, fifth game of the year. Uh, See, I'm gonna... uh, Pat, Pat, Pat can go second because Dave spoke out of turn. Dave, you <laughs> rascal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go day 15. I think Alex Cora has earned reverence. I think he's very well respected. He has good connections with the media. I mean, it could just take one rogue individual like Dan Shaughnessy. Is that how you pronounce his name? Shaughnessy. Close enough. Shaughnessy. But I I think, like, he won't truly face criticism for his moves or conservation until at least half a month, which is still very soon. But, you know. Media be media. Dave, so, media. What's Dave doing? I'm setting the scene in everything. The Red go. Sox are winning 5 nothing against the Seattle Mariners in game, game one. It's the sixth inning. Sale just finished an inning. His pitch count is at like 87 pitches thereabout. And Cora turns to the bullpen because, as he stated multiple times, he doesn't want to blow out Chris Sale because they pitch so deep into the season. And you know how Coralytics worked. He's all about making it last till the end of the year and not worrying about, you know, burning a guy up in April. The, bu- the Red Sox will win this game. However, the bullpen will allow three runs, most of w- at least two of them coming in Tyler the Thornburg. seventh inning. I'm not going to say it's Thornburg. I don't know who it's going to be. But there's going to be calls for Alex Cord, not for his job, obviously, but there's going to begin the rumblings of last year was a fluke this bullpen isn't good enough and core is going to need these guys to go deep into every single game or else the bullpen's going to blow every single lead and Coralytics isn't going to work this year because the red sox are going to be losing a lot of games that they should win because core is trying to save guys for september when they won't even get there calling it now dan shaughnessy is a cancer Dan Shaughnessy alone is the cancer, not any of the other media talking heads. Um, He's the worst. He's the worst of them, and it's not even close. Yeah, so what you're saying is Groundhog Day is happening, the movie, um, because that's literally what happened last year. Yeah, well, no, we're going to win this one. Oh, okay, we're winning this one. Uh, I got you. I I can't, like, I mean, like, just, just, like, how demoralizing was opening day for the Red Sox? I yeah, mean, and Eduardo Nunez hit an inside-the-park home run. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Was, People forget that that happened. I, I I don't, but it was just, that game was so disappointing. However, it just it's just it's amazing how, you know, obviously it was one game, and it was just, like, completely antithetical to the tone that they set for the rest yeah. of the season. I, I just love reading all the tweets at the end of the day, like, send trade Chris Sale to a t- team that actually cares about winning that was a real one um and it's just like there's 
there were so many just like just atrociously bad takes from one game of baseball. So I'm just going to get this out of the way while we're at it. Whenever the first ugly loss comes, guys, it's one game in a 162 game season. These things happen. I feel you. I feel you. Just let's get that out of the way right now. I feel you. Uh, So moving on here, who will receive the first ejection on the Red Sox? Obviously. Oh, uh, I should probably pick the person, shouldn't I? Uh, I'll go with Patrick first because he actually started speaking first. I, I stopped myself. <laughs> I was being good. I didn't punish you that time. Uh, you got rewarded. The first, the first ejection, Alex Cora. I think that's the obvious answer. Dave, See, what you got? There's the obvious answer, and then there's the fun one. So the Red Sox are starting out on the West Coast. In their third series of the game, they're going to be in L.A. facing off against the Angels. The Dodgers are going to have a day off, and old friend Joe Kelly is going to drop by Angel Stadium to go watch his old team play. A fight will emerge, and Kelly will jump out from the stands and attack Mike Trout and get ejected on behalf of the Red Sox. You went deep. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't legitimately put that down because I mean, if you want me to, I can't. If anyone, if anyone would do that, it would be Joe Kelly. I, I, I could see that. Yes, I, I mean, that's I could, a good point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I could see that happening. Uh, so I'm going to type Joe Kelly here for Dave. Joe Kelly. All right. Real answer, Alex Cora. Ah, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to put joe kelly there as the uh caveat as your tiebreaker uh what what, (laughs) give me give me game number um when do the angels play the red Sox? i'm gonna go 15 which is which is the game that i said that the red Sox will or alex core will first get criticism from the media i think they will correlate um the scene in my mind is alex core is mad at somebody and then, like, he overreacts, and he blows a fuse, and he's having problems with the bullpen, I guess, because it's so bad, and any manager would. But then media members will question his usage, and it'll boil over. And, yeah, that's that, that's kind of how I see those two intermingling. Okay. If I can change my answer to something a little more realistic, Ryan Brazier in the first Yankees series. Ooh, I like that. That's a good one. Ryan Brazier... First Yankees. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Um, I didn't it's a lot better one. than Joe Kelly. It is. Definitely. Definitely is. Um, I'm going to say Rick Porcello. And hey, uh, Rick. I'm just going to pick a random day here in May. I'm going to say May 15th. Um, <laughs> I have no justification as to why May 15th. Uh, but Rick Porcello, I think he's got a little bit of a psychopath in him. So uh, I think something's going to happen. Might you be think the, Rick Porcello's got psych, a little bit of a psychopath? Uh, oh, yeah. 1,000% he does, yeah. You're not you even a question. It's all in really? the eyes, man. It's all in the eyes. I thought he was a very caring individual. He might Didn't think. he cry when Nathan Avoldi lost Game 3 of the now, World see, Series? Uh, wait, you, you don't get that from a psychopath. You can be a psychopath, That's but psychopath. you can also cry, man. After, after Game 3 ended, he was knocking on Cora's office door begging to start the next day, and he started Game 3. I think he's passionate. I think passionate and psychopathics are psychopaths are not equivalent. I don't, know, I don't even see like an overlap. I feel like this it's is like, the uh, for, this is the English well, major talking for everybody. This is all semantics. It, so it, it, uh, we're gonna move in on. Ter- in terms of psych, 
Okay. <laughs> My voice is being silenced. Uh, who will be the most used bullpen guy on the team? I'm going to put this with appearances. Uh, I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm saying Ryan Brazier. Ooh, I like that, but I'm going on Matt Barnes again. I feel you. Patrick, you he's your best. He's your best reliever. Let him go. Uh, I, I like. I don't want to say the same thing as Dave, but I feel like Dave just keeps putting me in these uncomfortable situations. So uh, I'll let you go <laughs> first next time. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'll go Matt Barnes. Uh, the thing is, like, I wanted to say, you know how I feel about Ryan Brazier. I don't think that experiment's going to last very long. Uh, Heath Embry, I thought about, but I was like, come on, Patrick. Uh, I would literally so, vomit. I was just going to say, I will. There, I will. He's going to be up there. He is. He's going to be up there, but I don't think he's going to be the top I'll, I'll dog. I'll go Matt Barnes. Just, uh, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to be top dog, but you guys forget uh, Heath Embry last year, 60 innings. year before that, 62 innings. That's a lot. And uh, Appearance-wise, 62 appearances, 67. Matt Barnes, though he was injured for a little bit, he had 62 appearances and 70. I think there's a real realistic chance that's Heath Embry. No, you know what? You know what, Chris? Give me Heath Embry. All right. Just do it. See, I went Tyler Wait, Thornburg earlier, man. You got to do something weird. Yeah, I'll do something weird. Heath Embry leads the team in appearances. All right. Uh, FYI, if uh, Tyler Thornburg gets pulled into the game day one and gives up, like, three bombs, I'm going to be super upset about it. Uh, so don't talk to me that day uh, if that happens. Um, so I will, not, I, I will plan on not talking to you on Thursday. Yeah, okay. Um, so... More subjective stuff, because this is all subjective. Uh, who will be the biggest pleasant surprise that is on the opening day roster? Uh, on the wait, opening wait. day roster? On the opening day roster. Pat, you get to go first. Actually, wait. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Dave hasn't gone no, no, first I'm, in a while. I'm, Dave's going first. I'm letting Pat go first. Okay, Pat's going first. Pleasant surprise, yeah. That's a, that's a very nebulous term. That's I, what I I'm saying. Have a, super subjective. Uh, th- there. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I want to say Jackie Bradley Jr. in terms of, like, I think he's going to have a really breakout year, but, like, I think some people do, do expect that. So if I'm going to go under the radar, I'm going to go Colton Brewer. And I'm going to say that because, I re- again, we talked about him. I really like the peripherals. Somebody's got to merge out of this pen, and I think Colton Brewer is the guy to do it. I feel you. Pleasant. Pleasant surprise. Uh- I like that answer. I'm going to take Christian Vasquez because people Ooh, forget, like, 27, uh, 2017, he had a lot of batted ball luck, but he was making decent contact. I'm never gonna. I'm not going to say he's going to be a superstar, but last year, what he had a lot of things kind of just collectively go wrong where bad luck just didn't go his way. I think he's due to reg- for some positive regression. And he was a subpar defender last year. That has never been the case throughout any portion of his career. He's going to go back to being an above-average defender. I don't see a world where that doesn't happen at the very least. And I think he can be an average bat for by a catcher's standard. So I think he can go from being awful to being a you know pretty solid starter. I, I like that one. I, I like how we're both like taking people on the margins of the roster and we're not, not going for the like you know conventional mainstream guys so good good on us chris continue the tradition tyler thornburg oh my god i'm super high on tyler thornburg for no freaking reason guys i mean i like the consistency though 
That's, yeah. that's what I'm here for. Consistent. I hope. I really hope you're right, and Dude, we can listen to if, listen to Mike and right, sound like an asshole. If I am right, I am. I am no. taking my victory okay. laps. The thing is, like, if if Chris is right, like, we've taken so many jabs at him just during this episode alone, we would look like huge jerks. You know what? I'm just I not, I'm just not gonna say anything. I'm just not gonna mention it. I'm just not gonna mention it. Just gonna be like, yeah, these questions didn't happen. That would be very, yeah, that would be very proud. We'll just have to delete the episode. It's not, it's not how you take losses, guys. It's how you actually win that matters as a character. I won't let us forget it if Tyler Thornburg becomes a Super Bowl, a superstar. But I'm so confident that it won't happen that I continue to make jabs. So I'm sorry, Chris. That's okay. Uh, Moving on. Who will be the biggest dud on the opening day roster? Oh, uh, I got to pick somebody. Uh, (laughs) I will go with myself first. Uh, I'm going to say the biggest dud on the opening day roster is going to be Christian Vasquez. Ouch. Ouch. That's uh, really like, you know, a dichotomy from Dave's answer. I just like, so like I got off the Christian Vasquez wagon when he did the thing with his mask to grab the ball last year. I think it was last year. One play. Yeah, no, no, that's like, that's literally when I got off the wagon. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) it it sounds so weird. But like, I was just like, you are, you just made like the most bonehead play on the entire planet. I'm out. Uh, For somebody that's supposed to be like a defensive wizard, you probably should be making those kinds of, uh, kinds of things. That's that's, okay. that's where I stand on Christian Vasquez. Okay. Uh, Patrick, uh, uh, yeah, give me your, so give me your think, biggest dud. I think, uh, like, there are a couple people that I have in mind that are probably not going to be as good as Perception has kind of outlined so far. Uh, I'm honestly coming around a little bit to Blake Swihart, so I will hold, withhold judgments. I still have a little bit of doubts, but I will not pick Blake Swihart here. Um, I'm going with the guy that I have been critical of Multiple times throughout this episode, multiple times through this offseason, it's Ryan Brazier. Dude ran a 198 Babbitt last year, uh, like an insanely unsustainable home run rate. Like, I, I just don't see him being very, like, he has not really done it in any other level besides the minor leagues and in, in like a really small sample size. I think Brazier will be uh, like a Heath Hembry reliever, like a normal Heath Hembry, which, which is like valuable. Like, he can get sick, he can come into 65 games and, have an ERA around four, but I don't think, I think that's where his ERA is going to be. I think people are expecting him to be a very quality set of man or a very quality closer. And I just don't see it based on the evidence that I have in front of me. A 198 BABIP in a 300 BABIP world is not realistic. All right. I'm going to hold back to hold back my refrain of that. So I'm going to go with Brock Holt. Um, Ooh. Obviously, he was fantastic last year, but let's not forget the last two years before that, he suffered some pretty nasty concussion issues, and with head injuries, the like I'm always worried about that. Those can always resurface, and those can have really long-term, like lifelong effects. So I'm not expecting Brock Holt to stay healthy for another full season, and even if he does, he usually wears down as the year goes on. That might not be as big of a deal with how Cora manages a guy's workload, but still, I'm not expecting great things out of Brock Holt in, in 2019. Well, did you see that Evan Drellich article that came out in like the middle of the year talking about his like concussion vertigo issues? Well, I they, must have missed that one. They kind of like, it wasn't refrain, but 
there was like important context. Like they were saying some of the dizziness. I I, I could misquote, and I, I really risk misquoting here. But like he, he, part of it was he had bad anxiety issues, and now he's on medication for anxiety. And like I, I think that also is part of the story and part of the narrative as to why he, uh, you know, dipped so much in 2017, and then you turn had that turnaround. I, I truly believe that some of it was like getting back into that mental state. So I mean, like I, I obviously don't want to, you know kind of speak to that because obviously I'm, I'm not Brock Holtz, you know, therapist or, you know, but I do think that I think that's important part. And I don't think, uh, I think that was a big reason. And now that he's medicated and got the help he needed, I, I hope that, you know, we see Brock Holt consistently like we did in 2018. All right. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was an interesting article. It sounds interesting. Um, so the final question here, and it's not really a question, it's more of a fun thing that everybody likes to do this time of year because everybody likes to find out that they're super, super wrong about their predictions. Uh, let us look at the playoff picture. So let's pick the division winners, uh, wild cards, and yeah, that's it. Uh, so division winners and wild cards. <laughs> uh, so I will start with the, Patrick. Just, just run down your list of division winners and wild cards. Uh, do the AL first, and then we'll do the we'll go around do AL, and then we'll go around do NL. Actually, well, other way around. Do NL first, then we'll do AL. NL first. NL first. We are a Red Sox so podcast. Division we'll do AL winners last. and wild card. Uh, look, I, we're coming out. We're coming out with our prediction uh, article on Red Sox and Thunder. By the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be posted. My answers now do not necessarily reflect my answers then, because that will be more fleshed out and more researched. However, God, the National League's so hard. Here, here, here I, I'm going to put a stab in it. Uh, NL East, I'm going to go, I could literally go with four teams and not feel bad. Uh, I'm going to go with the Washington Nationals. Uh, NL Central, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the National League West, I'm going to go with the LA Dodgers. That was easy. Wild card, I will go with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, in the AL East, I will go the Boston Red Sox. AL Central, I'll go the Cleveland Indians. That was the easiest one all day. Uh, AL West, I will go with the Houston Astros. Yankees get that wild card. And for the second wild card in the AL, wow, Tampa Bay Rays. All right, Dave, you're up. All right, so starting NL East, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves winning it all. I know it's a young group, but I think they can get better. I think what they did was very real last year. Um, so in the Central, I'm going to go with the Cubs just because, you know, why not? Uh, West is going to be the Dodgers. AL East, don't hate me. I think it's going to be the New York Yankees. Boo. A- AL Off Central. Yankees. I- <laughs> <laughs> AL Central. Hey, you picked them last year, Pat. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> See, AL Central, I think, is going to be the Indians because no one else in the division is trying right now. Uh, and AL West is going to be the Houston Astros. Wildcard teams for the National League, I got the Phillies and the Cardinals. And wildcard teams in the AL East, I've got the Red Sox and the Rays. We dude, basically had the same wildcard team. Dude, if I have to watch a Red Sox wildcard game, I am so done. With it's never life. happened. It's I, never happened for the Red Sox. It'll so be done yeah. in wildcard history. It happened to the Yankees, like, what, four times? Three times? They've had like, it each of the last two years? 
I think. Yeah, I, I want to say I want to say they were. I want to say they were in it the first year, weren't they? They were. They yeah, yeah. The, uh, three. Of, they had it like three of the four, and the other year was the uh, the Orioles Jays game where they didn't put in Britain. Yeah. Well, wild card. The wild card game's been around since 2012, so it's been that been, long. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yankees have been in the 2015 one, 2017, and 2018. So, so yeah, three times. Hmm. All right. So run through my list here. I got the uh, Washington Nationals there. Uh, I really like them. Uh, I'm gonna get one kind of strange here. Uh, my Milwaukee Brewers pick last year was right on the money, but I'm gonna pick the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, love me some Paul Goldschmidt. I'm going L.A. Dodgers as well. That should no-brainer. My wild card will be the Milwaukee Brewers and the... Hmm. Yeah, you know what? This is a tough one. I'm going to say... I don't want to do the San Diego Padres. I'm going to go with the Cubs. I I would say that uh, I I could do... I guess I could do the Padres. I'm just going to say the Padres miss it. Um, So Brewers... i got to type all this out too while I'm talking. Uh, this isn't really good. Uh, so, if for the AL, I'm going Red Sox for the winners of the East because I just don't think anyone else is going to touch them. This one's going to be a surprise. I'm going with the Twins in the AL Central. I think Nelson Cruz is going to Wow. Be, yeah, I think they're. I think the the offseason additions there are going to really change things. Uh, I just think it'll be like a perception thing. Like wow. Things that we don't see necessarily. Um, wow. The West is obvious Astros unless something really, really weird happens. I have the Rays hosting the wild card game versus the Yankees. So I just I'm high the, on the Rays, man. I, I am too. This is a turnaround too for you. For your Rays. Yeah, it is. Cause, uh, uh, I totally trashed them last year. I feel so bad. I'm sorry, Rays. I love you. Everyone trashed them. You were not alone. Yeah, I was the Baltimore the Rays brazenly. Um so I just counted how many different teams have in the American League have been in a wild card game. 10 of 15 teams have played in the AL wildcard game. Who hasn't? The Red Sox. Oh, man. I Red Sox? Um, Red Sox haven't. I don't think the Rays would have. Would Rays they? have in 2013. The Blue Jays, Orioles, That's and Yankees right. all have. The Rays, the Mariners haven't because they just don't get to the playoffs. Um, have the Angels? You have. Angels have not either. Rangers and haven't. then the, the other two. Te- no, Rangers have. They were the first one in 2012. Oh, the the, the the final two teams are in AL Central, and I'm trying. I'm blanking on AL Central teams. The Tigers uh, probably going with Tigers. Tigers yeah. haven't. Tigers haven't. And then there's one more. White Sox because they haven't been in the White playoffs Sox, in forever. Yeah. Oh yeah, the White there's Sox. They suck too much. There's your five. And the thing is, what are the Red Sox the only good team out of that bunch never to be in a wild card? Like I yeah. mean, I mean that the Angels won. Well, the, the Tigers were once. good. Tigers, the Indians were in a wild card game. They were never. Oh, they were never. No, they were no, no, no. Indians were in 2013 against Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, okay, okay. I thought the Indians were. Yeah. No, they they were. I think that the Astros the had a wild card year. game. Astros did against the Yankees in 2015. That's when they were just broke out. Jeez, really? Mm-hmm. Man. Man. I know. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Well. Uh, that concludes our uh, prediction section, so I'm going to throw it back to Pat for uh, Twitter questions and the weather. Yeah, I thought you were just going to say the weather, and I was going to say it, it's kind of coldish outside, I guess. So, um, we got uh, we posted on our Twitter account, at BowSoxUnfiltered, uh, about the prediction episode for tonight, and we got two questions. And the first one is from Red Sox on breath amidst the chaos uh, reset socks at reset socks. R E 
C-I-T-S Socks, S-O-X. You can follow him on Twitter. He's a great conversation. He constantly interacts with us. Great guy. Um, so what, what the question is, is how many times will the Red Sox use hashtag the opener? My bold prediction is three to five, but it might be zero. This is a really good question. Um, obviously the opener is last year. We saw a lot of evidence of it sweeping across the major league as a viable alternative. Um, I'm going to start out here. Uh, and I think the Red Sox have a question mark in their, uh, I think that it was tweeted by Pete Abraham today where he was talking about the Red Sox pitching lineup. And it, uh, the third game against Arizona, he said he was quoted as saying, there'll be a number six starter to be announced. I think that's when we first see the opener. We have eight relievers already. I think that's when we see Matt Barnes or someone go in and, and start the game. Not Matt Barnes. He's the closer now, I guess. I don't know. Maybe like Colton Brewer, Tyler Thornburg. I, 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 say, I say that the Red Sox use it four to six times this year. See, I don't think they're going to use it at all. Um, I'm on the they camp that, yeah, I mean, well, depends if you count Johnson as an opener, if he goes four innings. Yeah, like you, if count, you count that as, what are you counting if you as count an opener? Brian Johnson's going four innings to start the game as the opener, then yes, they'll use the opener a few times. I think they're actually but I just call that, yeah, no, so. I just call that Brian Johnson isn't good enough to pitch six innings at a time, so he can only go four. But yeah. I mean, isn't, the, isn't the opener like one inning or two innings, basically? Right? Yeah. Like yeah basically, every so, guy yeah. goes like two tops out of three. But I don't think we're going to use it because I, for one, I, I think it was sort of a flash in the pan flavor of the month where it worked for the Rays because everything lined up for it to work in that scenario. A few other teams tried it. It worked for some, it didn't work for others. But I don't think the Red Sox are built to have success using the opener simply because. The bullpen is really bad right now. The starting rotation is fantastic. So why would you want to put your hand, uh, the game in the hands of a bad bullpen? I'd rather just put a guy out there like a Brian Johnson who has the ability to at least eat four, maybe five innings if you're lucky. And just if he's going good, let him keep going good because chances are if you put seven or five or six arms in a, of a bad bullpen out there, it's pretty likely one of them's going to mess it up somewhere along the line. So I don't think we're going to do the opener in the way that like the Rays did it last year at all this year, barring well, can, absolute calamity. Can I expand on, on, on my thought here, and it's kind of in response to you. I think the Red Sox are a good candidate to do it because, first of all, Alex Gore is one of the most health-conscious managers out there. And you're saving your starting rotation, giving them an extra rest day, and I think that's something that Gore would consider. And I think they're also a really good candidate because – you could start out with, like, again, say Matt Barnes, Brazier, Thornburg, Hembry, um, just to play matchups in the first inning. And then you could give the ball to Velasquez or Johnson for, like, four or five innings. And it, it's not necessarily like they would um, be technically, I guess they would technically be relieving, but they would they would be able to eat up a bunch of innings. And, and it, you wouldn't have to rely on, like, six or seven relievers to get the job done. It would be, okay, here's Hembry in the first inning. Uh, here's Barnes in the second inning. Uh, theoretically, that doesn't sound right, but let's say Henry Thornburg, and then here's Johnson for four innings, and Velasquez for three. That's how I would envision it would kind of go. Now, and I think I, I don't my, know. I think, but, but my if it, question if it, if it, if to it that is, work, that's what I would say. Yeah. Now, my question to that is, why would you like if you want to do that? Fine. If you want to like let John, the plan B Johnson go four, and then like Henry Thornburg go one, and let Barnes do the rest. Great, but. 
Why not just start with Johnson out of the gate? Because statistically speaking, with the first inning, teams are more likely to score more runs than any other inning, and Hembry or Barnes are better pitchers than Brian Johnson. Who Barnes is, but are you really gonna are you really gonna I, throw the Heath Hembry is notably better than Brian Johnson argument? No, because I'm not I'm buying. Like, that. I, I mean, like you, maybe a Colton Brewer. We'll have to see as time tells. Uh, they have it's like a the red, they obviously don't have a good bullpen, so it's harder to make this work. Um, also like you could play matchups. So like, let's say we have Bobby Pointer in the major leagues at some points. And I know I'm grassroots Ross here and he can like have that platoon advantage against lefties and it's all lefties in the top of the lineup. Maybe they could do that and have him in the first inning to knock out those lefties and then bring Brian Johnson in. Johnson's a lefty. Yeah, but he's not like a strict platoon guy. And neither is Bobby Pointer, but Pointer is, Pointer is more uh, of think, a one-inning guy, and he's better on a rate rate basis. And again, the first innings when they score more runs. I think I think a, like doing the opener is a good way to hide a poorly constructed roster. But our roster is constructed well, so you don't need to do it. The bullpen is not <laughs> exactly. So that's why you want your starters in. I, if you if you want to give a health day, I don't know if if Cor- I'm not saying that it is the salient strategy. I'm not saying it would be ideal, but I think potentially Cora will use this. We'll see. We'll see, though. Chris, uh, I got. I, I. I. I'm in the same boat as Dave over here because uh, he. Because I, I. I just don't see you taking a weakness. Most of the teams that did it probably had a strong bullpen. I would say, maybe the Rays didn't necessarily, but I, I just feel like if you have a strong bullpen, oh, Rays had a very strong bullpen. That's what I, the, the Rays. The Rays didn't have a starting rotation. Yeah, exactly. They had to, not because they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. So I I feel like you do it out of necessity, not because you really want to. Um, And I don't think the Red Sox will ever need to, at least not this year. I mean, the Dodgers, I I think they were a good case study. They they did, I think they started Scott Alexander or someone um, because one of their pitchers was a late scratch and they wanted to give him an extra day or something to that effect and then they were just like hey let's do this bullpen thing so let's um, say by I mean, you could use by that design, exact same argument against the a's and they got pummeled in the in the wild card game yeah are you talking about for the bullpen day yeah, oh, yeah but i mean like i mean like that's that's a small sample size i think like looking small over, as your sample but i mean the rays did it i mean like th- this has been proven statistically yeah, to but be the, a viable the race, strategy what the race like i mean did, if you look at this it was a viable about, strategy well, the, for the way their but, team was built if the red no, sox no, no, were going no, no, into no, no, the season no. where they had two starting pitchers i'd be open to it we look, have five I, that are very good all, all i'm saying is that first inning thing is a real effect and playing platoon advantage is a real thing and analytically speaking the bullpen holds its weight. And analytically like, speaking, our starters are better than our bullpens. And in an and, ideal and, world, and, and, your and starters are that. always better than your relievers. Because relievers pitch one to two innings at a time. Starters pitch six. I want my better guys out there. I'm starting them. And if my ro- if my roster is crap, I'll get I'll get tricky with it. But when it's not, but I'm what's, starting my starters. What's the di- What's the difference between bringing Bobby O'Pointer in the first inning or bringing Brian Johnson in the first inning? Um, I. Brian Johnson can go deeper, so you have to use less of your but relievers, he, which means less of the Why would you have to lose this as relievers? Instead of getting out in the fifth inning, he's getting out in the sixth inning because he's going five innings from the second to sixth instead of the first to fifth. I don't think Brian Johnson's better than Bobby Pointer or Bobby Pointer's better than Bobby Brian Johnson. I think it's a wash. Uh, I think it's a wash, too. I'm just using that as kind of an isolated example. But I'm just saying like, there's no real difference in starting Brian Johnson in the first or, or in the second or starting Hector Velasquez in the first or the second or the third or whatever. 
And if they find a guy in the bullpen... And that's like what I'm that, saying. To, this Red Sox team would have no reason to do it because we don't have any platoon relievers that are notably better than our starters. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, better than Brian Johnson and Hector Velasquez. I'm not saying it's going to take place with Sale, Voldy, Rodriguez, Priscilla. But like, if you had to have like an alternative between Johnson and Velasquez, I think you can make the case and the argument that there are guys who would be more viable than... The only one I'd say is, is clearly better where I'm... 100% comfortable and what's going to happen is Matt Barnes, and I'd rather save him for late in the game when it matters more. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I mean, you need, you, need speaking, at least, again, you need at least one guy back there to finish up the game if you need, like, someone to come in midway through the eighth and close the door. If, we if, don't, you, want to look, if you want to look at this from a very analytical perspective, more runs are scored in the first inning than the ninth inning. So yeah, because in the ninth inning, you have your better pitchers left. Uh, but, I mean, if we're saying that starters are always better than relievers, then you always have the starters in the first inning, so. You have a limited amount of resources with the bullpen. I don't know. I, I, I think it's an interesting debate. I think it's worth monitoring. I, I, I think, think it, it's a team-by-team basis. The Red Sox are not built yeah, to do it that I, way. Again, Red Sox not an ideal team, but I, I, we'll, we'll see. I, I think Core's got, we'll, we'll see what Core does. All right, that was a good debate. That was fun. Uh, Chris just got to sit on. Yeah, I was. I was. I was letting you guys do your thing. Like uh. Chris was out of that. <laughs> I wasn't gonna jump in. I had nothing to say. I mean, I had stuff to say, but you guys had a good thing going there. So okay, it, so. it's case in point. It's in most situations, it's never going to be smart to put in a reliever who can only go one inning in over a guy who's anything more better than like a very like a spot starter. So I, this- I take most five starters over. I take most five starters over the uh, opener crap. So the next question we have is from Tebow Couch Potato at Tebow Couch, one of our most loyal Twitter love followers. I, I love this guy too. Um, he's back. I don't know if he's asked the question in a while, but his question was Cutter Crawford versus Bobby Pointer. Who makes it to the show first? So we need to establish some uh, a ground rules here. Bobby Pointer has already been to the show, so I don't know if he literally means when he makes his debut. I assume he's not. So he is technically then effectively asking, will Pointer or Cutter Crawford make the roster first? Considering Pointer's on the 40-man roster, and there's probably going to be shuffling with this bullpen, uh, and Cutter Crawford is not on the 40-man roster, though I really do love me some Cutter Crawford, I'm going to go Bobby Pointer. Yeah, it's Pointer by a long shot. Pointer... I, I'd expect him to be up in the majors by May at the absolute latest. Crawford's yet to pitch above group. No, he was in Salem last year, but he's yet to pitch at the double-A level. So there, there's a lot of promise there, and they're going to hope to make keep him as a starter. I'm not sure if he has the stuff to do that, but they're probably going to try to make that happen because he's done well with it so far. So that obviously takes a little bit longer to develop than a reliever would. So I'd say Crawford, the very earliest you're seeing him is like a spring call-up in 2021, whereas Pointer, he could be up any minute. Do you know where he's going to start the year, Crawford? Um, I think it's still going to be Salem, but Salem. yeah, I'm like 99% sure it's still going to be Salem. Because Portland's starting lineup, it's going to be Hernandez, Huck, uh, Kyle Hart's still there. I think they're going to let Matt Kent be a starter, and I forget who the fifth guy is. Yeah, it looks like Salem, according to roster resources. So, yeah, and was it Thompson? Was that the fifth guy, Jake? Thompson? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So they might, they might still be trying to make uh, what's his face Jimenez a thing, but I, he's not good. So he, he's nothing more than like someone who exists. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it'll, it would take a lot 
for Pointer to, you know, or Crawford to surpass Pointer. Uh, what, what about you, uh, Chris? You want to take a hot take and say cut a Crawford? Uh, no, I'm I'm good with this hot take. It's not even a hot take. I'm ta- I'm keeping Bobby Pointer. What is going to be interesting is how they work the bullpen and the 40-man roster uh, because there's a limited number of guys that they can use unless they make some other maneuvers. Uh, so that's that's going to be interesting. Yeah. That is that's very true. Um, but yeah, guys, that's that's all our questions. That's it. This was a long episode. This was a good episode. I'm tired. I am tired too. Uh, I <laughs> I am exhausted. I'm, I'm hot takeout right now. This this, uh... this this was a grind, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are at Skype audio almost two hours right now, and I think I hung up at one point. So yeah, we we uh, we've had fun. Uh, what's your departing thought, Dave? Uh, my departing thought, uh, Tanner Huck is a starter, and the opener is a situational thing based on teams that's overall a fad and going to go away in five years. <laughs> okay, Chris? I can no longer say uh, trade Sandy Leone because he's now effectively not with the team at the moment. I mean, he is with the team, but he's not with the big club. Uh, so I'm going to get off that train, and I'm going to move on to the Tyler Thornburg is going to surprise us all this year train. Uh, I'm going to go with Book it. Colt. Colton Brewer and Heath Hembree will be more effective than Ryan Brazier. Ooh. That's that's my last hot take. Both right. of them. Both of them. Uh, but, yeah, guys, uh, thank you for listening to the 45th episode of the Bo Socks Unfiltered podcast. I hope you guys are exciting, excited for opening day, if not enjoying opening day, or have already enjoyed opening day when you're listening to this. Um, it's going to be a great season. Thank you for spending like almost 365 days listening to this podcast and, and making this dream for all of us a reality. Um, it's been a pleasure for this first year. And, and I, I mean, we won the World Series in the first year we did it, so obviously it was off to a good start. And I'm very excited to see what we do in 2019. We made a lot of strides, and, we, and, and I feel very proud of, of what we've accomplished on this platform. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so thanks to you, Chris and Dave, for always being here and always doing great work as well. And, and, and let's get it in 2019. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on a variety of platforms, including SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. And if our lovely partners or affiliates, The Growing Truth, post it, they, you can find it on iHeartRadio, among other platforms. So, yeah, go Red Sox, guys, and, and we'll talk to you when we'll actually be able to discuss actual baseball. Thanks, guys. Go Sox. need to just do like a blooper I'm gonna, reel. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna create just a like... <laughs> Sorry if I just interrupted some sort of uh, Yeah, we're having a there. private conversation. Sorry, I'll see my way out. Yeah, can <laughs> So, I'm gonna start like... Everything is awesome. It's working? Really? Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Sweet. Stick it around, or uh, I think I'm good now. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Don't. All right, give me one second. I gotta close the door. Door closing. <laughs>